0: Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. I wanted to read something to you. Uh, Sister Amy Simple McPherson in August of 1919 was traveling by train, and I'm so grateful I didn't travel here by train. <laughs> she was traveling by train to hold a three-week crusade in a, in a city. And as she was on that train, the enemy will not congratulate you en route to right. no. something like that. Opposition against her mind and uh, accusing her that she was not fit to do something like this. And uh, as at that moment, she looked up to God. And when she did, she said, I received a divine telegram. <laughs> and uh, She said God quoted to her, Galatians 6, verse 7, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And then God went on and said to her, Sow seeds of salvation, and you will reap a harvest of salvations. Sow seeds of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that is exactly what you will reap. Sow the seeds of divine healing, specialize upon that, and that is the harvest you will reap sow seeds of faith and you will reap faith, sow seeds of praise and worship, broadcast them over the people with a lavish hand, and that is what you will reap, for praise is a match for the kindling wood and will sweep the entire meeting, burning formality, stiffness and all hindrances from its path. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. Let a man sow freedom and liberty, and freedom and liberty he will surely reap. Let him sow formality, unbelief, fear of the manifested power of God. And as sure as the sun in the heavens, bondage, formality, and fear of manifestations will be his harvest. Talk of the devil and his power, making him out to be a big, powerful, overcoming force, and you will soon get everyone's eyes on the devil and will feel his dark clouds settling over the meeting. Every time you talk of his power, it takes people's thoughts and eyes from Jesus and focuses them upon the devil. You are sowing his seeds, and that will bring forth thistles, thorns, and depression in your meetings. But lift up Jesus. The victorious, all-conquering Christ, the triumphant Son of the living God, exalt him and his power. Broadcast the seeds of his mighty victory, encouragement, hope, and love until the people hear and see him. And it makes the feeble heart victor over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Sow seeds that gets people's eyes upon themselves. Their failures, their faults, their weaknesses, their helplessness. Lay, them, lay upon them with that depressing burdens that are grievous to bear. Talk of the flesh and the devil, and that is what you will reap. A poor, frail, anemic, stoop-shouldered harvest of weaklings, afraid of the devil. Ever afraid that he's going to put this or that on them. Afraid to take any liberty in the meetings almost afraid of their own voice and shadow but turn your back deliberately upon the devil with his dark shadows his doubts and chains of despair turn your face toward Jesus and in his liberty tell of the freedom and joy in him revel in his great strength and glory here is the word here is an an inexhaustible supply of seed to sow that is bread for the eater so faith hope Love, praise, victory, freedom, uh, prayer, assurance, righteousness, salvation, the Holy Spirit, and the power of my great name. And such will be your harvest both in this time and in eternity. (laughs) Amen. If that's true about a meeting, that's true about your home. What you talk about in your home. What you talk about in your car. What you say to yourself, even after you have made faith confessions to others, what do you say to yourself? Several weeks ago, God brought before me this word that he kept before me, and uh, it's because this is what the Spirit wants sown so that we can reap a harvest on it. And it's this word, wholeness. 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 This is what the Spirit intends for us to reap. Amen. And we could speak about wholeness, spirit, soul, and body, but the Spirit is wanting us to emphasize uh, physically, wholeness physically. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, and we'll look at verse 5. John chapter 5, verse 5, and we see this scene when Jesus walks up to a man at the pool of Bethesda. Uh Mm -hmm. It says, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been a long time in that case, he saith unto him, look at the question, wilt thou be made whole? In other words, he's looking for the man's agreement to wholeness. It's not enough that Jesus wanted him whole. He needed the man's agreement for wholeness. He didn't offer him, do you want the pain to leave? It's good when pain leaves. He didn't offer him, do you want to be able to go back home and live with your family? No, he offered him wholeness. Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me, and Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. Since Jesus offered him wholeness, Jesus is no respecter of persons. That's what he offers us, is wholeness. Everything put back as it ought to be. Amen. Amen. So let's not settle for anything less than wholeness. Let's not be okay that pain left, but something is still not as it ought to be. The definition of whole means not broken, damaged, impaired, that it's uninjured, unharmed, intact, and sound. Matthew chapter 15. Verse 30, go with me there. And I want us to see a phrase that we, we need to start emphasizing. We need to start preaching. Okay. Because until we preach it, we won't have it. Okay. Right. Because until we preach it, people won't be hungry for it, won't be expecting it. Right. And just because God has it available, just like Jesus said, Wilt thou be made whole, it's up to us to uh-huh. agree. We need to agree with all of Matthew 15:30 30 and 31. Matthew 15:30 30, it says and great multitudes came unto him having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others. And cast them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. In so much that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, look at this, the maimed to be whole. The maimed to be whole. The lame to walk and the blind to see and they glorified the God of Israel. I want to just quote with you, you know the passage, Mark chapter 5, verse 25, talking about the woman with the issue of blood, and it records about her, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians. The physicians were not the enemy. They were just trying everything they knew to help her. And she had spent all she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. I would dare to say, after many physicians, 12 year process of going to physician after physician, I would dare to say her female organs would have been maimed by this time internally maimed. But Jesus told her, Go in peace. Your faith has made you. Whole. Notice wholeness is connected with maim. So we can assume she was maimed internally. Psalm 139, go with me. Psalm 139, verse 16. We're talking about these things because we have to stir up a hunger and an expectation. Um, probably about 10 years ago I was in Kansas holding some meetings and after the meetings were over I was getting ready the next morning to fly home but I had a dream that night and in the dream I was walking into a large empty warehouse Concrete floor, very plain walls, nothing on the walls. And I walked in through a back corner door. And when I did, a man that was already in the room joined me and kept pace with me. And in the middle of the room was a chair. And it was the only thing that was in the room, and a man was in the chair. We walked up in front of this man. And I did not recognize the man that was walking with me. I'd never seen him, but he was much older than me, and I knew that he had been one who walked with God for years. And we walked in front, and this man that was sitting in the chair looked completely normal from our angle, but we were approaching him from the back. And when we reached his chair and went to stand in front of him, I saw that his He had no legs beyond below the knee. He had the knee joint and then it rounded off right under that knee joint. And I looked at I was surprised. And when we walked in front of this man, the elder the elder man that I was with, the older man that I was with stooped down in front of the man, took those stumps in his hands and i heard him pray but i it was it was short a very short sentence is all he said because god wasn't showing me the prayer okay. it was that wasn't what he was showing me yeah. Yeah. Right. but after he prayed he put those uh, if if i were to grab the pastor's legs and then i put the feet down and i put them down with purpose yeah. Yeah. and i put them down in an exact location that's the way the minister treated the stumps he didn't treat them like stumps he treated them as though they were whole and he did not just let his he didn't just let them go and let his legs drop he took those stumps and planted them as though he were setting a foot down and the moment he did that in this dream I watched the man's leg grow out you talk about Magnificent the only thing the thing I thought first when I saw it was how elegant it was not a morphite looking contortion thing of a of a limb struggling to grow. it was absolutely elegant in the flow. it went and it wasn't like skin just looking stretched it was all of a sudden it was just. I don't know, these words can't describe that scene. And it was elegant. And it went all the way, formed the feet, and stopped before the toes were formed. And it paused for a moment. And then it was like another, and then the toes were completely formed. And I watched this. When I woke up, I woke up at that point. And God said to me, you will remember That your husband would ask most every congregation he went to, how many of you have seen a creative miracle? Uh To where an arm wasn't there and it grew. Mm -hmm. Now, we have at different times seen people with their legs that would grow out, but that was really an adjustment of the back. Uh There was not growth of bone or growth of flesh. There was adjustment. He said, I'm talking about when there was nothing there and... You saw it grow. And he would say this every generation has a right to see the power of God. And there was one person that said they had seen that in many, many congregations that he asked that of. And God reminded me of that. When I woke up, he said, You will remember, your husband asked how many had seen that. And he said, there was not but the one person. And he said this to me, Jesus only did what he saw. Uh-huh, that's right. He said he could not do it till he saw it. And he said, because there is not a man that I can point you to uh-huh. that can show this flow to you, I'm showing it to you. Why? That's the flow that we should be having our faith for, expecting. Amen. We have to stir up a hunger for these things. Gifts of the Spirit don't come because we pray for them. Dad Hagen sat in our back room when he was with us in 2003, and he looked over at Ed and me, and he said, People do not receive miracles because we pray. He said, People receive miracles because we're hungry. Yes. Yes. It's about hunger, those who hunger and thirst. Yes. Amen. 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 So, we have to not be okay with not seeing Amen. what every generation should see. Amen. Psalm 139, verse 16 talking about, of course, a, a baby being formed in the womb. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written. Look at that. Right wow. yeah. Look at that. All my members were written in the book before the body even was perfected in its formation. Wow. All my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. This is a miracle verse for the restoration of body parts. Amen. Amen. And I want to tell you why because God did not record broken right. no. bodies. No. He didn't record um, diseased, faulty, no. deformed, no. missing no. body parts are not written in his book. No. That's not what he planned. That's That's not what he authored. So demand all the members he recorded. Demand all the members he recorded in the book of your life that they come back. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Go with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17 and verse 12. I appreciate you traveling with me through some of these verses because we're going to say some things, but I at least want to say some of these, read some of these passages first. Because what is God wanting us to expect and lay hold of? Wholeness. Wholeness. Because that's going to put back things. You can have things that are healed, Uh diseases stopped, but... Damage is already done. Luke chapter 17 verse 12. And as he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers. Which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said. Jesus master have what? Mercy Mercy on us. And when he saw them. He said to them. Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went. They were what? Cleansed. Cleansed. The process of leprosy is stopped. Verse 15, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that returned. There are not found that returned returned remember that word returned there are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger meaning he didn't have a covenant with God he was a Samaritan and he said unto him arise go thy way thy faith has made thee whole when did their miracle start their miracle began when Jesus said something to him His part began then. Every time we release our faith, a miracle begins. Amen. Amen. So good. Now, we need to believe that. Yeah. Every time we pray and release faith, every time we speak the word, miracle power, healing power, delivering power, prosperous power, whatever power you need, right. whatever, whatever, power you, well, whatever flow of power you released your faith in, that's what begins, flowing. You need to believe that. Quit thinking that power only flows the moment manifestation happens. Or you will not see your part completed to consummation. The miracle, their miracle began when Jesus gave them something to do. It continued as they heard what he said to do. And then it continued as they did what he said to do. So you see that there's a process to this. It's not just an automatic thing. There were steps taken. And if they would not have believed, what is it going to do any good to go show the priest? We're not supposed to be in town to begin with. What If they would have reasoned themselves, the miracle that began when Jesus spoke to them would have stopped. I'm going to have to back up. The miracle did not begin when Jesus spoke. The miracle began when they said, have mercy on us. At their request. Why? They expected something. Jesus did not initiate this miracle. Jesus did not initiate this that they requested. They did. We have to know the difference between God initiating a miracle and us initiating a miracle because we're authorized to initiate some things. And if you're waiting for God to initiate some things, you're going to leave some things uh, unclaimed. amen Amen. (coughs) dad Hagen talked about his mother-in-law when him and mom Hagen got married uh, they invited them because they were renting a place to be in and they invited they said why don't you just save the money and come live with us and so they did for a time and the first night they moved in, Dad Hagen had all of his books, his boxes, and everything just stacked in a bedroom, not unpacked at all. And Mom Hagen was raised in a Methodist home, and so her parents were Methodist, and they said uh, to them, "Before we go to bed tonight, why don't we, why don't we just come here, kneel, and everyone pray?" And so they started praying. And Dad Hagen said, "I'm filled with the Holy Ghost," and they're Methodist so he said so the longer we pray the more Uh (sighs) that starts bubbling inside and you know and he said it started building in me and he said I uh I I tried to hold it as long as I could and he said and I'm mindful I'm this is my first night in their home (laughs) they're Methodist you know, nothing wrong with Methodists, but they, don't, they, aren't, they haven't experienced this. And so, he said, so this is building in me, and I let off a little bit of steam, say a little, little few words, just to, just to get some measure of release and try to go back and cover it up real quick, you know. And, and he said, and then after a while, he said it just built up so much, he said, I just thought, I, I, I'm just going to let her fly. And so he said, I just took off speaking in tongues as hard and as fast as I could and did that for an hour. And he said, and the word of the Lord came to me and said, put your hand on your wife and I'll fill her with the Holy Ghost. So he did and she took off speaking in tongues in that Methodist home that night and she did for an hour and a half. After he laid his hands on his wife... The word of the Lord came to him and said, uh, now his mother-in-law, her mom Hagen's mom, had what they called a double gorder. He said it was the size of a man's fist on the outside and twice as big inside. And they had told her, you'll need to have that removed, have a surgery. She says, I'm not going to have a surgery. And they said, "When when you start choking to death, you'll have one. She started choking so badly that she had scheduled for the next morning. Her bag is already packed. She's going to the hospital to have that goiter removed. But the word of the Lord came to him and said, Lay your hand on your, gra- on, on, on your mother-in-law and I'll heal her. Amen. He said, so I just reached over and laid my hand on her. And he said, that goiter popped like you popped a balloon. It just went down. Wow. And he said, the only part of it left was about the size of a quarter. And then God spoke and said, tell her to go down on Wednesday night to the altar of the full gospel church and I'll finish her healing there. What is that? Her miracle has begun, but it is not completed. He gave her some, she had to hear something, and he gave her something to obey. And she did, she went down. In fact, that was Dad Hagen's church. He was the pastor of that church then. And he preached that night, and he says, I didn't preach that long. And she said, I can't wait any longer. And she ran down to the altar, (laughs) fell across the altar, and cried out to God. And when she did, that rest of it disappeared. And you say, well, why did God do it that way? Listen, there are things that God knows about that individual, about what they need. And yeah. this is what he said. She had said to others, you will never catch me down at the altar of that full gospel church. And so God was letting her know, "My, your your miracle is down there. The consummation of your miracle is there. And that God... <laughs> God will help us to learn, don't ever say never. Because that is something that you have set that you are immovable on. And we're not authorized to be immovable when it comes to God. So you never know why God says to people this way, this instruction, but it can be very personal to them. amen and Jesus said to these lepers go show yourself to the priest and as they went they were healed healing comes as you do what he said miracles are worked as you do what he said they had these 10 lepers had to have regard for what he said if they decided why doesn't he just heal us why do we have to go do this? Because there were those that Jesus did, lepers, that he did put his hand on and did not send them to the priest. So, why did he tell them? It doesn't matter why. Just do what he says. Yeah. So we see as they went, the process of leprosy was stopped. Many times this is where a lot of people are missing out on receiving the consummation of their miracle is because they're not winting. As they went, they were healed. They're not winting. What did I say? Said
1: we they're
0: not I'm from Oklahoma.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's your problem? <laughs> You got me? Well, I'm sorry. I know you've been here too long. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. So God gives us something to do, and people sit at home and stop the flow of their life. And Jesus put them back on course of their life. As they went, they were healed. All that, the, uh, all that the enemy sh- throws at us is to stop us in our progress. Stop us yes. from moving forward. Just stop and be enthralled yeah. with the opposition. Just stop. Mm-hmm. But as they went, mm-hmm. as they resumed living, uh-huh. yes. Yes. Amen. you are authorized to resume living. Yes. I said you are authorized yes. to resume yes. living. Yes. Resume. Because when he told them to go, there was not the cleansing yet. And as they resumed living, Uh Uh cleansed, healing. And this one turned back and worshipped, and it says that he was made whole. Now notice, Jesus said, Thy faith has made thee whole. All he did was worship. So worship is faith. And we could say this, uh, with leprosy having eaten off body parts, he was made whole. They were put back. We could say it this way, your faith put body parts back. Or we could say it this way, your worship put body parts back. Jesus heals the maimed. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. He returned back to where Jesus was, and he got more. Now notice that. He returned, and he got more. There's always more for you to have. Many times people get a measure of what God has for them because they didn't return. But they stop with the measure instead of the wholeness. God offers us wholeness. He offers us wholeness. Don't stop with your faith when the pain leaves. Go all the way to wholeness. Because if you don't, things will try to return and come back, and you'll have to deal with that again. Amen. That's one reason we're told, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why? Because every time you return... Where did this leper return to? The place where he received his help. When God sends you to a church and you get help there, He intends that you return. And if you don't return, He'll say, Where are you? Where are the nine? Why aren't they returning? It's not appropriate to receive what you need for a moment and then not return because you never know what more God had for you if you had a return. These ten lepers, these other nine lepers had no idea wholeness was waiting for them, but they never returned. You can't get all God has for you in one meeting. You can't, that's why you need to show up every time your pastor shows up, because every time he shows up, he's anointed to bring more into your life. And I have to wonder what about the nine the next time they saw Sammy the Samaritan in town? What do you think they're saying? What? You got your fingers back. How come your nose is back? How come your ears are back? Oh, I returned. Your miracle and your wholeness is connected to going back to where God blessed you the first time. Pay attention. Who did God God minister to your life through? That's where He intends to bring more to your life. What church? Did God tell you to be in, yes. and you received something? That's where he intends for us to yes. return. Yes. Many people miss out on their miracles simply because they didn't show up. Yes. This Samaritan just showed back up. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes. And he, all he did was show up to say, thank you. That's all he showed up for. He would had no idea wholeness was waiting for him. But just gratitude, worship, opened the door for the more that heaven had. Amen. I don't care how much you've gotten from God, there's always more. Show back up. Show back up. Show back up. Show back up. I've seen what happens in 25 years of pastoring of what happens when those who don't show back up, the outcome. But I've seen those who physically, uh, they, they went against everything of their body to be there. And the outcome. The blessing that there was more for them. Jesus was not pleased with the nun. Why? Not because he was mad at them. If they would have had enough honor to worship him. To just say thank you. He had wholeness for them too. And he was cheated of their wholeness. He wanted to make them whole. I I just tell you this. Don't think that when you receive something from God you got it all at once. Amen. Amen. There's, more. there's more. I said there's more. Amen. Okay, now let's shift gears a little bit. But talking about this, this flow of wholeness that belongs. This life of wholeness. Amen. In meditating about this, God said to me, wholeness calls for wholeheartedness. Wholeness calls for wholeheartedness if we're half-hearted towards something we can let go of wholeness because half-heartedness will not be enough to face the opposition that comes against wholeness there's going to be opposition to your wholeness and if you're half-hearted you'll quit before that wholeness is arrived at to to receive the flow of wholeness You have to be wholehearted. What's that mean? All in. I'm not backing up until I get it all. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And then God said something to me I'd never thought of. He said the leper that returned was wholehearted toward Jesus. The nine were wholehearted toward their healing. Once they got their healing, they were done. No more heart in it. No more interest. Because they got got their healing. Listen, God wants you healed. But more than that, he wants you to know your healer. When you know your healer, healing is so easy. When all you're after is healing, you struggle. Because the flow and the ease comes with knowing the healer. And, the, and God said to me, the leper that returned was wholehearted toward Jesus, but the others were only wholehearted toward their healing. And if we're not careful, all we're interested in is our need getting met. Our need getting met. We need to know the need meet, meet-er. Amen. Why? Jesus wants you to have every need met, and he knows that all, if all you do is focus on getting this need met instead of knowing the need meter then every time a need comes up, you're going to struggle. But if you know the need meter, there are so many needs that you'll bypass. Praise the Lord. Nine out of ten, the ratio that don't have the right mindset toward their miracle, toward their healing. And I would dare to say that that's what we find so much in the body of Christ, nine out of ten, that don't show up where they need to be. Because God has more for them. That's why to show back up. That's why to show back up. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. And, um, well, praise the Lord. I say we're a company of the one. Not, not nine out of ten in this room. Not by any means. We are a company of the one. Amen. Hallelujah. Now to be wholehearted. Wholehearted. Let's talk about that for a minute. Because uh, what God said, wholeness calls for wholeheartedness. So we know this, Matthew six thirty three. seek ye what? First the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will happen? All these things will be added to you. You won't have to run all the time and try to work and struggle and pray long enough and coerce your answer for your need out of the hand of God because you'll put him first and everything just starts flowing into your life. It's added to you. It's added. We need to live in the added flow that when we seek to know him everything just we become a magnet for all answers that our lives need. Amen. So to be wholehearted I want to talk about four things. Number 1, we have to be wholehearted toward his word. Number 2, we have to be wholehearted towards the plan of God for our life. Number 3, we have to be wholehearted hearing what he says to us about our need. hearing hearing what the Spirit's saying to us. And number four, a lifestyle of thanksgiving and praise. Now I want to go back and look at these individually. Wholehearted toward the Word. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20. Says, my son, attend to what? My words. God puts His Word first and if we want to Have the fullest flow. We're going to have to put first what he puts first. His word is first with him. Attend to my words. And we could say this. Put your your attention on my words. Attend to my words. And then he tells us how to attend to them. Number one, incline your ear. What you're going to listen to. Because I guarantee you, you're going to hear many voices. And they're not all, all going to be faith voices. They're not all going to be encouragement voices. They're going to be voice of the accuser and voice of all kinds of, the voice of doubt, the voice of fear tries to talk. Attend to my words, and to do that, you're going to have pay attention to what you let yourself listen to. Incline thine ear unto what I say. Verse 21, let them not depart from thine eyes. His words have to stay all that you're focused on. If we lose focus, we lose the right flow. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Number three, the third thing to do, keep them in the midst of thine heart. So a wholeheartedness calls for what you're going to do with your ears, what you're going to do with your eyes, and what you're going to set your heart on. That's how to be, that's how to attend to his word. Verse 22, for they are life. They are life. They don't just give life. They are life. They are His words are life to those that find them. Yeah, this doesn't belong to everyone. How did you find them? You did what was in verse 20. You attended to them. You put them first. That's how you find them. You attend to them. This does not, this does not, uh, this goes beyond half-heartedness. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. That means giving all-out effort to the Word. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I guarantee you when the doctor says, come next Monday at 2 o'clock, and people show up at 2 o'clock, and he says, come next Tuesday at 9 a.m., you're there at 9 a.m., come next Thursday. What is it? They're giving an all-out effort. If you will give that same effort to the to Word, the word. It, won't no. it won't be long. It won't be long that things will start showing that. Amen. Right. Because we know this, God hastens to his word. To, yes. He hastens. He, ha- he doesn't delay. Yeah. He doesn't he's just yeah. slow down just to, to make you struggle. He hastens to his word to perform it. And the more of the word that is in us, the more we give him to perform. Yes. Yes. Well, Without the word, he's got nothing to perform. Fill up with that word. Fill up with that word because that's what he hastens to to perform. When we are believing God for a miracle, we can have no room for anything but what God says. Now listen to me. This is key. When you're believing God for a miracle, you can't give any attention, anything else than what God says. Because you're going to hear things say something different than what God says. Your body will talk to you. Your mind will talk to you. Testimonies of people who didn't receive. Never look at how someone else didn't receive. And meditate on that because it will rob you of faith. You don't know what God's dealt with them about. You don't know what went on between them and him. You don't know. It said about Abraham, he considered not his own body. He didn't even counsel with his own body. He considered not his body, listen to this, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. That means he didn't consider his body and he didn't consider someone else's body. Even the body of someone who lived in his house, he would not consider their body. Yeah. Why? Because if people say, well, why isn't it happening for them? It'll rob you of faith. And we don't want to base our faith on someone else's experience of receiving or not receiving. Our faith is on the word, and that's it. it. Amen. 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 Wholeness lives only with what God says. There's not wholeness anywhere else than what God says. That's the only place. Uh, You can't entertain or talk about anything about except what God says about your situation. There is no plan B. And when you get full of the word, you know there is no plan B for my life. Amen. The second thing, wholehearted toward his plan. Mm-hmm. To, ha- to walk in wholeness, to receive wholeness, we have to be wholehearted toward his plan for our life. Jesus made this statement in John chapter 4 verse 34. He said, my meat. My meat, that which nourishes me, that which strengthens me, that which sustains me. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. He didn't say, I'm going to make it because I'm the son of God. I had a, there was a virgin birth. Did you hear about that? That's not why I made it. He had, he had to fulfill the plan. My meat, the thing that sustained him my meat is to do the will of him that sent me meaning this i'm only interested in what i'm born for i'm only interested in what i'm born for now don't misunderstand me you can have other interests but they can't be first they had to be down the line and uh the amplified classic jesus said to him my my food my nourishment is to do the will the pleasure of him who sent me an and accomplish and completely finish, completely finish, completely finish, completely finish, completely finish his work. It's not good to do, it's, it's not enough in the mindset of Jesus that, I, I did pretty much of it. No, 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 no. Completely finish. Wholehearted. Wholehearted. God said this to me years ago, make my people to know that long life, is connected to my plan. Meaning this, you can eat buckets of broccoli. (laughs) Brother, you can ride the hide off of your stationary bike. But out of the will of God, you you don't have anything sustaining you that you need. Broccoli will not sustain disobedience to the plan. It will not fuel a disobedient life. And I don't. I'm not against broccoli. I'm sorry, broccoli growers out there. I, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to go with me to Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14 and verse 7. We know Joshua and Caleb were the two. Two of the spies that Moses sent, they came back with a faith report. They came back with what God said in their mouth. No matter what they saw, they came back still talking about what God said. They were the only two that did. So after that whole generation died, that whole generation died, look what Caleb said to Joshua when they took possession of the land. He said, Joshua 14 verse 7, 40 years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. He didn't come back talking about what he saw. He didn't talk, come back talking about the land. He came back talking about what God said. Wholeness is connected to talking about what God said. Verse 8, nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed. We're talking about wholeheartedness. Amen. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. How did he follow? By holding to what God said. Amen. Verse 9, and Moses swore on that day saying... Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever because because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, I like this. The Lord has kept me alive. The Lord has kept me alive. He watched millions die around him. And I guarantee you, he had to fight the fight of faith in his mind to not think I'm going the way they're going. When two out of millions are the only two left, you're watching everybody you know, every companion, you're watching them all die and you say, not me. Not me. Not me. Why? Because I'm living for the plan. I'm living for what God said about my life. How did the Lord, he said, the Lord has kept me alive. How? With, by him holding to that word. It wasn't God breathing on him something special. As he held to what God said, right. that word kept him alive. Amen. 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 Verse 10, and now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Now, if we let go of his word, God can't keep us. If we don't hold to what keeps us, which is the word, if we let go of that, then how does he keep us? You see. Verse 10, the Lord has kept me alive as he said. As he said. Hmm. Hold God to what he said. Hold him to it. It pleases him when you hold him to his word. The Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, ever even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. He's eighty-five years old. And yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. And what is he strong for? I love this. For war. For winning. For winning. (laughs) For facing big, mean, ugly giants. Amen. Amen. For war both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. (laughs) Give me this mountain whereon the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there. And that, look at this, the cities. He's not after a city. He's after cities, plural. I'm getting all the cities on that mountain and the cities were great and fenced even so be even even so be the lord will be with me then i shall be able to drive them out look at this as the lord said, the lord said. it's all a, it's all based on what god, what god said what god said what god said what god said that's what kept him alive that's what kept him strong that's what kept him ready for the fight instead of ready for retirement what God said. What God said. What did God say? What did God call you to? What did God say to you? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And we see this. He was only interested in what God said. He's only interested in the plan God had for his life. Amen. To walk whole, in wholeness, we can't be interested in something less than what God said and have wholeness. Amen. We're wholehearted toward His plan. Wholehearted. All in. Full-footed. Both feet in. Amen. The only thing that makes a man's life great is the plan of God. Not his career. Your career doesn't make you great. Sinners can make a great, a great career. Takes no, takes no power of God to do it. What makes it great is when we, uh, when we cooperate with God in only something He can do. Amen. Amen. The devil hates God's plan for your life. Right. He hates it. Because in the plan of God for your life is wholeness. In the plan of God is total victory every time you're faced with opposition. And not only that, other lives are rescued. In the plan of God, your life, the story of your life is rewritten. And when you fulfill the plan of God, not only is the story of your life rewritten, the story of multitudes you come in contact with, their story is rewritten. Your plan is connected to the outcome of other people's lives. And it needs to matter to you what about the plan. I'm only interested in the plan of God for my life. That's all I'm interested in. That's all I'm interested in. Amen. My son Stephen, um, he was... Born with my daddy's gene. My dad could build anything, fix anything, put anything together. My brother and my sister-in-law, stand up. My brother and and his wife are here tonight, David Chapman and my sister-in-law, Lynette. So he can verify daddy could build anything. Of course, he could tear up about anything too, but... Stephen, my oldest son, was born with that ability. I mean, he could just figure out anything, build anything, and it just came it came easy and natural for him. And when Stephen got with Daddy, they were two peas in a pod. They clicked. Yep. And I knew this because Stephen loved tractors from the time he was little. I mean, as soon as one of his first words was tactor. <laughs> I mean, that was it. He was all about the tactors. And, um... I knew this that he would have this bend in that direction and I said to Steve I said to Ed I said I have to be very guarded about how much he's around that not around my parents but around that because it will confuse him about what the plan of God is for his life and he would go down and when he was really young mother and daddy kept him a lot for me because I would travel with Ed and He loved being down there. They loved being with him. But I knew as he got older, things were going to have to be different. Not because their influence was not negative in any way. But I had to not let him be in a setting that confused him. And Daddy called me one time when when Stephen was about 13. And he said, Nancy, you know Stephen's really good at this stuff. I said, I know Daddy. And he loves it. And he said, if you'll send him down here every summer. I'll train him I'll teach him about all the equipment I'll teach him farming and when I die I'll turn all the farms to him to run for the family and I said daddy I know you would do that but I said I can't mm-hmm. right. why because my, I'm not raising my son to do anything but the plan right. yeah. I'm not raising him to just do what he's good at
1: yeah. so good. Yeah. 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 Amen.
0: Right. I'm raising him to do the plan And if I let him be around it, it will give him an appetite for something that will draw him the wrong direction and it can cost him his life doing what he likes instead of what he was born for.
1: (coughs) Um,
0: I protected the plan for his life. I protected the plan of God for my life as best as I know how. Have I been perfect? Probably not. But I'm just saying, all I'm interested in, all that satisfies me at night when I lay down in my own course. Am I pleasing him in the way I'm running this race? Because my wholeness is connected to it. God told Dad Hagen, when he started years ago, he said... uh, I want you I, I want you to teach faith. And he sent him with that message of faith, and Dad did that for years. And then, I don't know what... Do you know what year it is that God spoke to him? Or maybe you would remember, Philip, about the Holy Ghost meetings. I don't remember what year it was that he began dealing with him. Do you remember? I was going to say the late 80s or somewhere. And God spoke to him and said... I want you to now start holding Holy Ghost meetings. He said you've raised up and others have been a student enough that they can now take that message of faith and they teach that. And he says I'm redirecting your emphasis toward Holy Ghost meetings because he said if you don't train the next generation in the move of the Spirit there's going to be a whole generation that does not even know how to move doesn't even recognize and move with the Holy Spirit and that's going to be lost. Dad see that was the plan of God. Why? Because that has to do with the the last day's revival. Even though he's not here, the training he put in us is passed on and it's about the last day revival. And so, Dad Hagen had heard that for about ten years earlier before he did it. And then he started having heart trouble. And he went to God, and he says, okay, you don't miss it. I missed it. Where would I miss it? And he says, I've been dealing with you about those Holy Ghost meetings, and Brother Hagen said, I was too slow. Oh, oh. He said, I knew to do them. I was just too slow. And so when he did them, and as he did them, then his heart came back to place yeah. to where it was back why his wholeness was with the plan. Right.
1: Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen.
0: Wilt thou be made whole?
1: Yes. Will be made whole? Then you,
0: will you do the plan? Every single one of you, there's a plan for your life. I'm not talking about fivefold. It may be fivefold for some, but every single one of you, there's a plan. I said, there's a plan. The devil will bid high to get you out of the plan. He'll offer young men businesses, he'll offer money, he'll yes. offer them a voice yes. in the business world. That's not the plan. That just because it looks like what the world calls success, is that the plan? No. The devil will give you great success in this world just to abort the plan. Parents, pay attention. Don't encourage your children in directions that the devil's bidding high for them in. Just because opportunities and skills, because Stephen has opportunities and skills. Grant has opportunities and skills. There There have been companies that have tried to hire him for his graphics and his art stuff. And he, and he told them, I'm not doing that. He says, I, I, I'm called to the ministry. Right. Yeah. But Steve and I had to help um, make sure yeah. because he, he was wanting to step back from that. And it was my job to say, nope, it's for the plan. Right. It's for the plan. And you say, well, is it your job to tell, you know, you can't tell, you can't tell kids what to do with their life. I'm to train them in the plan. The plan. Train a child in the way they should go. That's not the... the The way they should go, not the way they want to go. The way they should go. The devil will bid high and he'll give you very attractive enticements so that you can have a resume that shows this and shows that. You know the resumes of my son? They serve. They serve. serve. They're serving. And in the serving, God's developing and God's building a life and God's building a man in the serving. And how do you put that on a resume? You see. Well, praise the Lord. God's will is our safe place. It's our wealthy place. When I'm carrying out the will of God, I don't have to earn. A, I don't have to worry about earning money. No, He funds it all. He funds the plan. If I stay with the plan, I stay with divine funding. I don't prize money. I don't prize things. I prize the plan of God. And in the plan are the, all the things I enjoy. I get to have things. I get to have money because I went after the plan. And the plan is fully funded and fully supplied. Amen. 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 Well, we're going to stop there. It's okay if it's a little different tonight than last night. Why? Because we say, well, we start out talking about the main. But I thought you are going to, Pastor Lance, I thought you are going to do something. I did. Jesus went everywhere teaching, preaching, and healing. These are the works. These are the works he did. The the works that I do. What are they? Teaching, preaching, and healing. When you sit under the teaching of the word, you're sitting under the works as much as when you see healings happening. Teaching is the works of God. Amen. Stand with me to your feet. Father, we thank you tonight. For all that belongs to us, we're hungry for it. We're hungry for your plan. We thank you for your plan. We glorify you for your plan. We consecrate ourselves to your plan. For our wholeness is connected to your plan. The victory that you have made ours is connected to your plan. That in our obedience to your plan is every need supplied. We glorify you. We glorify you. Let's sing something, Grant.
1: Oh, we bless you, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Lord.
0: and they're not physical they show up there but healings are spiritual I said healing is spiritual it flows through our spirit flows out into the body and Dad Hagen made this statement Mm -hmm. once that was priceless to me and he said when you get your spirit where it ought to be your body will start responding. When you get your spirit where it ought to be, your body will start responding. Amen. 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 (coughs) Where we ought to be is in the will of God. Amen. And you say, Pastor Nancy, I don't know that I'm in the will of God, but I want to be in the will of God. Take time to talk to the author of The Plan. Take time to pray in the Spirit and listen to what He says and then agree with what you know. And I would say this sometimes it's not just words that you hear him say. You just have a knowing. I know I need to I need to do this. I need to implement this. I need to cut this away. I need to put this in place. Because in the plan of God, healing is easy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I trust that while you were listening, you heard things tonight I didn't say. But that something in your heart clarified, directed, instructed, even fortified some things. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the healing power of God. But I tell you what, I, I, I want my everyday life to be right in the middle of what he authored for me. Amen. Amen. Living the best life in the plan. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead again.